This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to Inspiring Design Season 3. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge. Our goal here is to be the missing link between education, design, and the industry. Today we're here to discuss a topic that eludes all of us, actually, the foundational principles of success. And I have here with me the perfect man for the job, Michael Lane. To give you a little bit of background on Michael, he is an Australian entrepreneur and, a, and the director of Success Resources, the world's largest provider of educational events featuring world-class speakers such as Sir Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk and Robert Kiyosaki to name only a few. Michael is a leader who is passionate about education, which is exactly why he is here today. He's an expert in the touring business and a master at relationship building. With many of his businesses, he collaborates with a wide spectrum of well-known influencers and experts. At Success Resources, he has been organizing events for 17 years, which equates to connecting over 12 million people globally with the greatest business and personal development educators and leaders of our time. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Can we start off with a little bit of background on yourself? What's your story? Yeah. Look, um, typical young entrepreneur, I identified early that I wanted some cool things in my life. Uh, I think something happens when, as we're kids between the ages of six and nine. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was a realization that uh, some people could afford fast cars and some people couldn't. That's all I identified at the, about the age of six. Mm -hmm. As I got further into that, I discovered that, and I, and I was highly intrigued why some people had really nice cars and things and other people didn't. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I went through that. I, I uh, Instead of reading comic mags, I'm buying Rob Report and the, the BRW Rich List, mm -hmm. right? So... <laughs> I realized early that there was something different. And when I looked around my friends, none of them sort of had that same mentality. So for me, I realized that early. I went into a boarding school. At boarding school, again, I had these entrepreneurial thoughts and, 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 and moments. Uh, I remember at my boarding school, I ended up uh, selling chocolates and those kind of things to my mates. I'd buy them in bulk, sell them at retail. Love it. And again, just little things that I confirmed that for me, at the time, I had no idea what an entrepreneur was. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it was until probably my late, no, sorry, maybe early 20s where mm -hmm. I thought, huh, what is an entrepreneur? And, mm. and is that what I think I am? am, am I, do I label myself that? How do I become an entrepreneur? Is there a certification? How do I do that? So. Mm -hmm. You know, I started my first business when I left school. I knew I wasn't going into getting a tertiary education. Mm -hmm. It was very evident from an early age that I was not going to be an academic. So... Where did that perception come from? Um, my school grades. Okay. My teachers. <laughs> okay. You know what's funny? It's kind of like I, I hated uh, education, but I loved learning. So for me, I loved learning about the things that I was passionate about. 
I could I could sit there and study Showboat magazine, mm-hmm. the biggest yachts in the in the world. And I I could tell you all about it. I could tell yeah. you where they where the hub of that world was. I could tell you everything about the the um, the boat designers. Who was the biggest boat designer? Who were the people who bought the boats? I could tell you all about that. <laughs> so while I didn't like traditional education, I loved learning. Mm-hmm. And and again, so when I left school, I didn't make it into university, and that was a blessing. Um, and I went on to start my first business at 19, and it was a door-to-door, uh, you know, sales business where we sold car servicing for the local car dealership. Wow! So, my first sort of entry into this world, and it was exciting to take a street and go walk up and down that street and co- hopefully get to the end of it and have some dollars in my pocket. Mm-hmm. But it it really got me enthralled with the thought of. If I can persuade and influence somebody mm-hmm. to buy a product or, or, or a service, then I could control my income. So that was a really big aha for me. And then, look, beyond 19, I went on and started several other businesses. Most of them failed fantastically. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until I was 23 where I came to this business and I came here as a young, aspirational, um, arrogant uh, salesperson mm-hmm. and look it's been a 17 year journey and we know that with that journey there's a lot of ups and downs it's not just a straight line or a trajectory on a you know on a 45 degree angle mm-hmm. so yeah there's new businesses in there there's companies I've had to wind up there's the good and the bad of all that entrepreneurial journey mm-hmm. and that's kind of been the you know the last 20 years of my life is being an entrepreneur, having these crazy ideas come into my head at all hours and go, hey, can I bring that idea to life? Can I fund it? Can I go find a minimal viable product? And can I scale that? And that's just been what's driving me, uh, driven me for 20 years. Love it. Love it. And obviously, you've been at Success Resources for a long time yeah. now and you're one of the directors as well. Can you explain to the listeners a little bit about what Success Resources is all about? Yeah. So we're an education company. We specialize in delivering education around entrepreneurship, personal development, leadership, those kind of things. Uh, Primarily, we deliver that via live seminars. So we do a lot of seminars around the world. Mm -hmm. And while we've primarily been a seminar company, we're now moving to the digital space. Mm -hmm. So when you see a Tony Robbins, a Gary Vaynerchuk, Robert Kiyosaki and these kind of people if you see them on a stage somewhere it's probably our stage so yeah we're passionate about delivering world-class education at a really affordable rate Mm -hmm. all over the world yeah and that's what our whole ethos is about I think that's when you've 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 made these giants of our generation actually be reachable at at that affordable rate and I love that and I think I became a client of yours a few a few years back when I think started to see um, Gary V on yes. stage, and so ever since then it's been it's been a success resource. I appreciate that. So I love it. So success is in the name. In your definition, what is success? Look, success is being able to get up every day and live a life filled with happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mean when I was a younger, arrogant uh, entrepreneur, if I can say that? Um, <laughs> It wasn't happiness I was chasing, mm-hmm. and um, I'm pleased to say now that I, I've identified what success is for me, mm-hmm. and it is a personal journey, uh, and you have to go through the journey to figure out what drives you. Oh. For me, it's waking up every day with my family next to me, going into an office and being able to live out the 
the aspirations that I have. Mm-hmm. And for me, that equals happiness. It doesn't mm-hmm. equal a dollar sign. Yeah. And that's kind of success to me. Yeah. yeah. And, and did that cultivate itself through self-awareness or did, did you come across any philosophies? How did that form in your head? Yeah. All of the above. Do you mean I, like any young entrepreneur, chase the money mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with chasing the money as long as you get to it and realize that if that makes you happy, great. Mm-hmm. For me, it didn't. Um, do you mean the car in the garage was really exciting for the first three months? Mm-hmm. On the fourth month, fifth month, it dissipates. Yeah. So for me, happiness is something that has a long-lasting, sustainable effect, mm-hmm. and that's success. Do you mean that's yeah. that's success to me? So I realized that the happiness that money bought it sort of evaporated or dissipated over time. Mm-hmm. So I knew it wasn't that I was chasing. And for me, it was being able to get up and just live life the way I want to every single day. Freedom of choice. Freedom of choice. And there is some money components in there, but money's not the number one driver. (laughs) And I think that's an important lesson for young entrepreneurs. And I'm by no means uh, feel entitled to say, don't chase the money. There's nothing wrong with chasing the money, (laughs) but learn the lesson from that. And my hope is that you chase the money, experience it, and realize that it's an amazing tool to use. But don't be obsessed with making money. I think it's a real um, significant difference. So for me, it definitely gives me choices, those kind of things. But if I had a hierarchy of what was most important, mm-hmm. money is not in the top three. Yeah. So uh, for young entrepreneurs listening, follow your heart. Do what it is you'd love. And if making money is a part of that, fantastic. If making money and then giving back to charity, fantastic. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But it is a personal journey. Yep. No one can tell you stop doing that and do this. Yep. Uh, I think as entrepreneurs, we're arrogant enough to go, because you said that, I'm going to follow my own heart and go make the money and do all that. It's just um, get to it as quick as you can and learn the lesson from it. Yep. And I think it's that it's unique for every single person. You can't just copy a Tony Robbins and be like, I'm going to be like Tony Robbins and expect your life to go exactly the same. You've gone and had your own experiences. You've had a different mom and dad, different uncles and aunties, different schools, different contexts, maybe different countries. Everything comes into play, and, and exactly what you said—it's—it's it's that follow your own own journey and heart, yeah. and that comes with a lot of, I think, self-reflection and self-awareness and constant learning and iteration. I think, coming from a design background, I always look at it as an iteration. It's a design process. You're yeah. designing your life, yes. And um, I think this fits fits right into that. But if we were to outline the principles of success Mm -hmm. so contentment happiness we've thrown around these words if you had to outline principles do you have guiding principles that guide you yeah Um, and again they're just my philosophies and let's be clear I've probably stolen those philosophies off the teachers and the people that I hang around and absolutely so by no means am I labeling it Michael Lane but Mm -hmm. you know the first thing uh, principle is what would you love to do Mm -hmm. if you got up every day and I have an exercise called the $50 million exercise. Mm -hmm. And I I, I did this as a teenager in my dorm room in Sydney here at a boarding school. I go, if I had $50 million, what would I spend it on? Mm -hmm. So what that little fun game taught me was, yes, I wanted some cool stuff out of that. But halfway through the exercise, you get to a point and go, huh, what difference could I make with this? Mm. What company could I start with this? And it's a fun exercise to trick the mind to go, well, there's no lack of, there's an abundance Oh, yes, I've got the car, the house, the boat, all the things I wanted. But there's still $20 million left there. What would I love to do with that? To want a company to do that 
does this and changes the world in this way, or it's a charity, or it's a fashion line, whatever it is. So step one needs to be identify something you'd love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, step two is start to identify who's living that life that you would love to live locally mm-hmm. at an amazing level. And my suggestion would be knock on that person's door, you know, hey, or, or observe them on social or, or follow them and go, how have they done it? Yeah. Because let's be really clear, there is a shortcut to success and it's via education. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you can compress decades into days if you are continuously learning every single day. Mm-hmm. So follow the people who have done it in the past. You know, we're living in a time where you truly can leverage off someone else's success. Here, you know, we both know Sam. I, I employ now an 18-year-old. He came to me when he was 17. Mm-hmm. And he wants, to be, <clears throat> he wants to be in this industry. I said, give me three to five years. I'll share everything with you. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be humble enough to come in, work from the bottom, work up. I'll teach you everything. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready, go out and take that on. So find a mentor. Find someone who's done what you want to do yeah. and shorten the learning curve. Then at some point, you need to go through your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Cool. Just like Sam, he's here for three to five years, and we're going to teach him everything he needs to know about business. He's going to come up with crazy ideas. He's going to understand the sales process of how you authentically move someone from where they are to transacting with you mm-hmm. or being influenced by you or yep. persuading, uh, um, uh, persuasion. Understand that it's a long life and you know, a good friend of ours, Gary Vaynerchuk, talks about this. Too many young people are wanting to get in and make a billion dollars by next year. And it's just very unrealistic. Um, he's saying, go work for someone for three to five to ten years. Learn everything you can. And then when you're absolutely ready, go take that step. Yeah. For me, I label that your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Yeah. So And the, work during that 5 to 12 p.m. or 7 to 2 p.m. or yeah. 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean I've got... I've got interns here right now who work for free mm-hmm. and some of them will offer jobs to and they can come and work here and those kind of things. If you're out there listening to this and you identify something you're passionate about, you've identified there's the guy or the girl who absolutely is the expert, knock on their door. Say, hey, I want to work on a Saturday morning for you for free or a Thursday night or whatever it is. Or if you're still living at home, say, I'll go work with you for free full time for three months Mm -hmm. and you test me see how I go yeah but understand it's a long life you don't need to accomplish everything by the by 21 absolutely learn the lessons get out there and hopefully by 24 25 you've got enough experience to be able to go out there and do it for yourself yeah yeah and that's when as um, a few weeks ago when I spoke with Adam Hudson he said that's when you get to get punched in the face Mm. it's the fun period where you get uppercut from the left and yep. you don't realize what just happened but the next time that same uppercut comes you know how to get out of it you know how to dodge it and then maybe even punch back yeah and you just keep learning because you are going to get punched in the face let's Absolutely. be really clear <laughs> um, there's a great quote at the moment by Tom Bilyeu mm-hmm. the struggle is guaranteed the success is optional so you will struggle it will be tough let's be really really clear about that and, yep. and success is not guaranteed so Try and do that and build an artificial net underneath you. Just like Sam's doing. He's here. I'm paying him a wage. He's bringing in money. He's bringing in value. And he's learning the lessons and implementing after business hours. Mm -hmm. Now, if he gets punched in the face too much, he's still got his job here. 
Absolutely. But yeah. he's going to get punched in the face either way. But once he gets back up off the canvas, he's going to mm-hmm. go, that didn't work, that didn't work. Let's try this. Yep. He will figure it out. I'm telling you right now. Yep. But he's just been smart about it. He hasn't exited and gone and done it and tried to do it himself under a corporation or his own 100% business and flaw- and fall flat on his face. Yep. He's got a safety net. So that's exactly why I called it the entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Have a safety net. Learn the lessons while still getting paid. I think it's almost a strategic way of building resilience as well mm-hmm. because you do need to live found a way to meet those um, minimum lifestyle choices and fund your way through so you're not going to end up on the street yeah. but you can test ideas you can iterate ideas while getting punched in the face and implement those things and move forward yeah like you said so that's i love that yeah and there's, there's so many people out there adam is a great example i, I love adam um he's such a genuine honest guy and we're both from the cut from the same cloth. Yeah. There are people out there who will help you. If you understand uh, the game and you understand how to approach someone authentically, they will give you a hand. Yeah. Um, Sam was no different. Sam showed up, uh, always came to our events, always commented on my posts, always was a great guy. Um, and in the end, when he came into my office, I offered him a job on the spot. So there are people out there who will be a mentor. And I think, the, I think that ironic thing is his friends are probably going to say that's luck, but it's not luck. It's actually designed. Yeah. It may be by accident. It may not be. He may have just followed his intuition, but it's actually something that can be replicated for almost every single person. And I love these foundational principles that you're laying in front of us. And um, if you were to break these down against what's happening in schools right now. Right. Do you think these are more valuable skill sets for the 21st century as opposed to, let's say, the standard school as we know, science, engineering, maths, English? (laughs) Do you think these are as more important or do they need to be prioritized at a different level? Look, I'm definitely no expert in this thing. I can only talk from my experience. I believe the school system is broken for 100% of the kids. there is, a, there is definitely an opportunity that some people turn up to school and they've got already their path laid out for them, whether yep. you call it fate or whatever it is. We really, as a society, need to identify what's most important to a kid, what's fun, what's enjoyable, and then harness a curriculum around that. Mm. Unfortunately, we're overlaying this curriculum that is a one-size-fits-all, and it does not fit everyone. And for the most part... Uh, people are pushed or prodded down a particular angle or avenue that they don't want to do it. And sometimes if you don't comply with that, Mm -hmm. you could be ostracized. You could be deemed ADHD and all those kind of things. So for me, I was not good at school. I would have loved someone to go, hey, what are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. What's that boat magazine? Why are you reading the BRW Rich List? Okay, cool. So that's important to you. What if we build a curriculum around that, helps you understand how to sell influence, persuade, collaborate, joint venture, partner with people, build relationships, I would have thrived. I would have been in the top percentile. So while I have huge respect for the educational system, um, it just needs updating. It needs to be you know, optimized for this day and age. And there's some schools already doing it. Mm. There's some people already doing that Absolutely. and moving towards that. We need to look at that and the government really needs to get behind that and help fund those kind of initiatives. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest challenge right now, not even just in Australia, on a global context, where that 
evolution evol- evolutionary standpoint where things have to shift towards 21st century yeah. industry four like you said those skill sets being founded around what we know school to be but i think some are moving faster than others because of their freedom because of the for the lack of a better word bureaucracy yes but um but i think you are exactly on the money there it needs to evolve it needs to change towards nurturing thought leadership nurturing that uniqueness that every single student brings through their own perspective through their own skills and abilities and i love that yeah. and at a i think the listeners will get a lot out of it coming from a person of your background as well and having dealt with the people that you've dealt being heard from that mindset i think that's that's what's very valuable here i think the person who can disrupt the schooling system mm-hmm. will be an iconic leader within now mm. within our planet that system has not been disrupted yet yeah now let's be clear education and learning and those kind of things are very different um lots of people are learning amazing things and taking those learnings and lessons and mm. go out there and creating amazing things i just think the system needs to evolve and whoever can do that at scale is going to be iconic absolutely here's a little bit of a tangent yes taking your 50 million game mm-hmm. if you had 50 million dollars what would you do to the education system i don't think it'd be enough because okay i look at every problem on a really global macro scale mm-hmm. so right now if i look at my biggest challenge/opportunity is i want to completely change the way that we educate entrepreneurs post schooling so if you think about it my clients who come to my events are anywhere from say 18 to 65 mm-hmm. these are people who go i want to go to marcus events learn from tony robbins uh gary v all these kind of people mm-hmm. and that's great but that event happens in sydney on that particular day and have can have zero impact in sri lanka. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me on a global scale how can I do that event live streaming mm-hmm. into 197 countries around the world mm-hmm. and get people to start thinking about entrepreneurship. That's that's the way that I can change the industry, change the narrative. That's what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So when you say change the schooling system, I'd probably need 5 billion dollars. <laughs> um and that's a massive mountain. I'm doing something similar but I'm only doing it for that small slither of the mm-hmm. of the you know the population who go yeah I want to run a business I want to put myself in the best seat possible to be run a business become an entrepreneur sell lead and and, and those kind of things but the philosophy should be across all sectors how can we give world class current information and how can it be scalable from the ages of 6 to 12 13 to 18 mm. and really get that sector and that generation on that same plan. Yeah. That would be exciting. Now I've chosen my sector. It's 18 to 65. Mm-hmm. And it's easy because the people who turn up to my events are aspirational. Mm-hmm. They don't need someone pulling them out of bed. They already have the intrinsic values. They have that. So yeah, it's a big feat. I've got my own mountain to climb and mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near climbing it to the peak. But I hope someone out there at some point goes you know what let's completely optimize this system globally mm. yeah and i don't think it can be done locally yeah i think someone of significance maybe a jeff bezos maybe someone who truly has the you know the the bandwidth to come in and go here's what we're doing and we're putting 20 billion into it 
And I'll tell you what, that, that would be significant change. Yeah. I think that's well said and this is one of the problems that we're trying to solve in the middle with how does equal education regardless of the socioeconomic background and there's there's that difference between formal education that we know school high school uni workforce whereas education is lifelong and learning is lifelong and these two are these these two should be married together almost mm. whereas right now they're looked at as two different things and there's hidden misses, there's, they're not working cohesively and this is I think the biggest problem that the current 21st century future professionals have to overcome and a lot of it I think you are providing that platform to for them to reach that after high school. Yes. But imagine the power it'll have if they actually start that at that younger level. 100%. I, I see it here at feel it all day. I, every day people come and go, I wish my kids could be at this event but they're at school. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> That's, you know, that's where they're meant to be right now. So it is such a big macro problem. Mm -hmm. It needs someone thinking at that scale yep. to come in and completely disrupt it. Yep. And, you know, someone will do it. I hope it's in my lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if they do, what could the planet look like? What could change look like? What could leadership look like? What mm. could, you know, happiness look like? Um, imagine the stuff that could be developed if we identify what was most important to somebody and they live that life for the rest of their life. Um, unfortunately, 90% of the population are going through schooling and come out of it and just get a job in an area where they're not fulfilled, they're not happy, and they do it because they've got a credit card bill. They've got a car that they can't afford. They want to live in Sydney where it's expensive. And now they've got to keep going down that path or raising that corporate ladder and if you ask them, they're not happy. They'd rather be mm. doing their passion in some other area. So, you know, I, I always fantasize about what the planet could look like if everyone got to live what they were passionate about every day. And uh, I hope it happens at some point. Yeah. I think it'll be a little bit like the Lego first movie. <laughs> Everyone's happy. Things just work. I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's that imagination that we shouldn't constrict by the current logistics and I love that the fact that a man of your caliber actually sits there to think that because that's when the really cool ideas happen that's when creativity flows and resources gets aligned and a dream becomes an idea becomes execution I love that now do you have any advice for the listeners who want to cultivate these skills that they want to train do you have any tips and tricks for them yeah look I definitely do the 50 million dollar exercise yeah for me I'm a visual person mm -hmm. uh, I'm still got a heap of ego in me and as young entrepreneurs and young you know aspiring people uh, we all want those cool things or we want to experience those amazing things do the 50 million dollar exercise you know I still do it every single month when I'm on a plane yeah um, I even do some wild things like the 500 million dollar exercise and sit there and go what difference can I really make mm -hmm. so that fun exercise will get you to identify the cool stuff you want and what it is you'd love to start dreaming about mm -hmm. and, and that's the first step. So if you know, if you're a 16 year old right now at school, you may be in year 11 or 10, depending where you are, and you're not motivated by certain things. What are you motivated by? Mm. What is that thing that you do love to do? What does your search history look like? Mm -hmm. You know, what's that thing you keep Googling? Mm -hmm. So let's be clear. There's a difference between education and learning and, and everyone I believe is constantly learning in the areas that they're passionate about. So if you go to someone's, Google history, 
and you go down, you see there's a common thread there, mm. and it's Lamborghinis, Ferraris, these kind of things. You obviously have a passion for cars, fast cars probably too. So what is that? Why do you keep going down that path? Why do you keep Googling that? Why are you up to date on the specs of the newest Lamborghini that comes out? Follow that path. Follow that narrative. Pull on that string and see where it leads you. If you do that, you're going to start to identify the things that I think you'll be passionate about and the things that will get you up early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I think that's valuable advice. And this is when this old Japanese philosophy called Ikigai, I'm not sure if you've no, heard I of that. Know of it. it's, uh, it's been around for thousands of years in the Japanese philosophy embedded into their culture. It's essentially aligning the best, what the world needs, what the world can pay you for, what you're passionate about, and bringing all these quadrants together and in the center is Ikigai, and that's what they call it. This is where happiness, this is where motivation, this is where you can sustain a lifestyle, this is where mm. you can profit. All of these things come into play. And I, I think it's absolutely beautiful. I like that. And this is what I think some people search their whole lifestyle trying to find. Mm. They sometimes align one or the other, but not all four. Yeah. And that's when some uh, really cool things happen. And I think... Um, before we finish up, we do get a lot of teachers and educators listening in. Do you have any advice for schools and unis on the foundational success principles? Well, first and foremost, I want to thank them for their service. I mean, let's be really clear. Absolutely. I'm a product of my teachers and yep. some of those are at school, some of those were outside of school. So a huge respect for teachers. Um, if you're sitting in a class today or you're going to a classroom at some point in the next couple of days and you want to get engagement from your kids or your students, um, let's start to make the learning process enjoyable and fun. Now that we've talked this through and we realize that everyone has something they're excited by, mm -hmm. passionate about, or obsessed by, how can we integrate that into the learning process? How could we get little Johnny in the corner who seems to be disruptive and turned away and is always looking outside and turn that around and go, Johnny, what do you, when you look outside, what are you looking at? I'll tell you now, he'll have a narrative, he'll have a story that's so precise, so clear, and he's probably on his way to becoming an expert on whatever that passion or obsession is. Let's tap into that, so use that in the learning process to get him to realign. You know, I understand it's a tough job, and I understand it's tough to get buy-in as well, but if we can make it fun, enjoyable, then I think we'll have a huge impact on the longevity of that person, that being. And they might go on to do something different in the world than their current trajectory. So by no means am I going to lecture a teacher or, 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 or that kind of person. Um, I just think if you understand human dynamics and you understand what's driving everyday people, and you just tap into that, learn that. What would happen if every teacher sat down with every student and said, Johnny, help me understand what is the thing that you are fascinated by? What's the thing you love to talk about to your friends with? What is that thing? Pokemon. Cool. Now that I know it's Pokemon, you know, how can we integrate that into his learnings, learnings and lessons to maybe get him slightly more engaged than he was prior? It's sometimes spending that extra couple of minutes with that person, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You mean, uh, in business, uh, it's really sitting down identifying, you know, what's the driver for some people? Same with my team here. I mean, you can probably hear them behind us here. Mm -hmm. This is a real live working environment. And every single one of these guys has a passion and a drive. It is my job as a leader to identify what that is, mm -hmm. cultivate it, 
and help them go out to let me do that. I'm under no illusion that people think they're stuck here for the next 50 years. Yep. It's the same with kids. Identify what that is. Harness it, use it as leverage to learn the skills they need and then move on. Yeah, and this is empathy in mm. a nutshell. It's being able to, it's emotional intelligence, being able to read, in your case, your staff members, your team members, understanding their little uniquenesses. And in an educator's point of view, it's their classroom full of kids and their unique details and their emotional differences, their strengths, their weaknesses, and then harnessing that and yeah. facilitating their growth. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, thanks so much for being here today. That was one of the most insightful conversations and I have no doubt there's going to be a lot of takeaways from the listeners and, and myself, actually. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. That's it for today, folks. And if you haven't already been inspired enough to design your own success, jump on to roshansananayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes from today's episodes. And click on the direct links to check out the amazing and extraordinary work that Michael is doing at Success Resources and immerse yourself in this man's world. Follow him on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and feel free to give him an inspiring design shout out. Lastly, click subscribe and share your love for the review uh, with a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback about the topic for today's episode. Till next time. Mm-hmm.